Welcome to Loving God and Making Money. I'm Julaine Smith. And I am Kyla Alvarez. And together we're the Loving God and Making Money crew. And this is our podcast and you're listening to. Uh, we come here each week uh, because Kyla and I want to light the fire under your ambition to go out into the marketplace and make more, save more, and give more than you ever dreamed possible, all to the glory of God. And we're pulling into the uh, train station, so to speak, on a journey that we've been on uh, over the past few weeks, where we've been unpacking the attributes of generous leadership. And on this podcast, we're on attributes number nine out of 11. We're actually going to try to get to the end today, Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle. I think we're going to do nine, 10, and 11 out of 11 attributes of generous leadership. And if you're interested in learning more about these, you can pick up my book, Purpose, Passion, Profits, because that's where I talk about these attributes in some detail. And it is available on amazon.com. So anyway, uh, Kyla, today we're going to get started by talking about expectations and um, specifically raising expectations because as a generous leader, one of the things that we strive to achieve is um, uh, the fulfillment of our intrinsic purpose. That's what this is all about. And therefore, we're always in this constant state of, of improvement, increasing. I mean, I think that there's a part of, of life that compels us forward. We talked last mm-hmm. week about thinking creatively and how contentment is the enemy, actually, of creative thinking. And so if you are always thirsty for more knowledge or you want to learn or you want to improve upon your business operations, one of the things that you'll find yourself doing in your in your own personal life as well as your business is raising the bar of expectation. Mm-hmm. And so that is definitely something that uh, generous leaders should be aware of. And the way that I describe it, uh, Kyla, is I say generous leaders, we take advantage of opportunities to motivate, empower, and engage others to do their best work. We are agents of encouragement and positive change in people's lives. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to stop there because you and I were chatting a little bit earlier about how on the one hand, yes, it's good to always have this desire to to improve upon maybe something that has become a status quo or to raise expectation that there, that the heart of the leader actually mm-hmm. has to be in the right place. Yep. Otherwise this could actually turn dark on us. Can't it? Yeah. And, and it has, it's, it's actually been, you know, raising the bar has become such a norm that mm-hmm. I think we, we do it to a point where we, um, where we accept a culture that breaks people. And mm-hmm. that really <laughs> saddens me. I mean, when you yeah. go back to even the, the, this whole series we did on the workplace, a sea of despair. Yeah. I talked about the fact that people leave because they feel burnt out. People right. are, are literally breaking. People are more suicidal than they've ever been. They're more unfulfilled than they ever have been. They feel used and abused. They don't feel seen or heard. Right. Like there is a society that we are creating in the workplace that takes people too far. Now right. that's hard when we when we put this in parallel with this thing of raising expectations. But this is what I love about your definition: mm. opportunities to motivate, to empower. And yes. I, I think a lot of people underestimate 
the the idea of what empowerment is because empowerment is just not a praxis that is a theory. We're not going to theorize about, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to empower you. You're right. wonderful right. and great. Right. There actually Words. has to be physical actions of empowering people. Yes. Um, and you also say to engage others to do their best work. So a good leader has to ask and really assess, okay, those who are under me, what is your best work? And we, what we were saying a little bit before we even started recording, as I said, what's so heartbreaking to me about the present work environment mm-hmm. is the fact that we don't create safe spaces anymore yeah. for leader and employee to have a dialogue about what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is if I'm a person, so I'm extremely gifted in administrative work. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely gifted in it, mm-hmm. but I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, and I have these other deep desires in me to do these other things and I'm a good teacher and whatnot, but, um, I, I used to work under this company and they only saw the administrative part of me and I, I capped out, right. I capped out because my heart's not in it. It's not actually what I'm called to. I'm gifted at it, but it's not what I'm called to. So what they failed to do though, was give me the space to name the other things that are, I'm also good at so that I can grow and use those elements to help further their business. So as leaders, we need to not be so narrow minded and seeing people only for potentially what they're hired for, but a good leader actually can look at the qualities, all the qualities within someone Mm -hmm. and start raising the expectation. Right. Yes. It's so, that's so, so good, especially your story, because as a leader of an organization who is basically your managing talent, Mm -hmm. right? The thing that is easy to do is just to say, well, I only need you to be able to perform X duties. Right. So you put a person in a job and then the business begins to grow and the demands on the business begin to increase. And perhaps that individual's capacity to keep up with that growing demand isn't there. But you Mm -hmm. are, as a leader, constantly raising expectations Mm -hmm. on that individual to do more, to perform at a greater level. If you're not sensitive to the fact that perhaps that person has the way you described it, capped out, right? Yeah. In terms of what it is that they either A, want to do. Yep. Or two, um, are able to do. Yep. Then what you end up doing as a leader, I think is making um, what on the end of the day can be uh, a detrimental decision for your business. And that is to say, this individual is no longer helpful Mm -hmm. to my organization. Yes. And so then you start looking for ways to replace them Mm -hmm. instead of ways to re-employ them. Yes. And they are carriers of great knowledge for your company Mm -hmm. because perhaps they've been contributing in a way that has brought you to this level of success you've achieved. And they may have abilities and like you said, desires to want to maybe do something different. But if you don't ever ask, or make way for a conversation mm-hmm. so that you can learn more about that person, then you might decide they're disposable, let them go, replace them with somebody who has more capacity in the area of demand that you know you have, which is real. I mean, we it's have practical. to fulfill. You have to do it. Right? Yes. But you may have also missed an opportunity 
Yes. To help to motivate and inspire and empower that very same person that's helped you to get to where you are. That's right. To be able to employ them in a way that maybe is going to serve another need of your company that you've not even explored yet. Mm -hmm. Just by way of asking them, what are they interested in? Yes. Yeah. So that's really important in terms of raising expectations. Absolutely. And it's connected actually to the next point, which is number 10 on our list which is taking risk, mm-hmm. which some <laughs> which people love to do, but don't do it very well. Well, yeah. Well, even in this conversation we're having about raising expectations, when you're starting to, to, you know, move into this area of, of managing talent and, and exploring uh, possibilities uh, of, of um, re-employing somebody who's on your team, that's a risky business. It is. Because and, and you might not get it more, right. Yeah, more costly too. Oh yeah, there's a lot of factors that you have to consider even in in deciding that you're going to open up yourself to the have to have that conversation. Yep. Because the easier thing to do is to simply say, "This is what we need. You're not able to provide it. Therefore, we're going to move on. Yes. Right? And we're no longer a good match. Right? It's harder." to stop and explore other possible ways of employing a person who's been on your team. That's a harder t- uh, uh, decision to make. It's mm-hmm. more time consuming, it's costly, etc. But I think that there can be some benefits to it. It doesn't mean it always works out. Sometimes we do get to the place where it's time to just part ways. I mean, in terms of wanting to motivate, inspire, and empower people to be their best uh, selves and to live their best lives. Sometimes you do get to a place where it just makes sense for there to be a, a separation of a person from your team because their desires no longer align with yours, yes. right? Um, so we know that that's a reality. When you do, though, find a situation where there is a possibility for you to re-employ someone, that's a risky business because mm-hmm. you have to manage that transition, you know, but generous leaders are willing to take risks. So what do I mean by that? I just mean we're courageous. We're willing to stare failure squarely, if not repeatedly in the face. And we are relentless in our pursuit of business and or personal success because we're going to fulfill our intrinsic purpose. So for me, taking risk is always attached to what's the purpose. Yes. And is the purpose aligned with what we know we're supposed to be about? Yes. Because taking risks just to take risk is stupid. Is, is, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, you know, shooting for the stars, but you had no idea what star to end up on. And so you just You don't out even there. know when you're there. No, exactly. You it's don't not know where there is. You need to do risk is calculated. It needs to be something measurable. Exactly. Exactly. And in business, we manage risk every day. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about. Right. But the one thing that we cannot allow ourselves to do is to be paralyzed by fear Mm -hmm. and not be willing at the same time to use our failures as stepping stones to our success. Yeah. Oh, that's a good word, Julaine. Have to do it. Yes. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I can look back and go, okay, if I knew back then what I know today, I would made it. I would have made a different decision. Yes. That's growth, people. That is. And That's... I think people are too hard on themselves for for having experienced failed mm-hmm. things. I mm-hmm. think people uh, feel like, you know, take it so personally. Right. Which, you know what, yeah. that is such a human 
way of valuing yourself too mm-hmm. is I, I think a lot of people don't take risks because of pride, yeah. because of insecurities of like, gosh, what are people are going to think? Gosh, mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, I'm going to be 50 years old and I'm only going to have this accomplished in my life then. And yes. what if I risk yes. this and this, Oh my gosh. you know, and people hold back because of this um, expectation that, oh, my life has to look a certain way by this age and blah, blah, blah. Um, God doesn't work that way. I right. hate to break it to you, yeah, but no. you know, half of taking risks is just also being faithful to what God calls you to do. That's why I love you. You mentioned you have to connect it with a purpose. Yes. You take a risk when you know that it's what God is requiring of you, asking of you. If God has spoken you to do it, you right. need to just do, do it, it because hesitating is also disobedience. That's exactly um, right. You know, I just think about Abraham, right? Like it just even the promises of him being a man of many nations and all this land and all this stuff. And Abraham didn't have nothing, but you want to know what's so funny? He he travels all over the world and he tries going place to place and build a temple and make it happen on his own. Mm-hmm. And God's like, I didn't tell you to go there. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you to go there. And what does he do? He fails in those places mm-hmm. because, you know, like his wife almost gets mm-hmm. taken and all this mm-hmm. stuff and his mm-hmm. life gets messy. And yeah, did he put himself in those holes? Yeah, he did because he went somewhere God didn't tell him to. Mm. But the moment he steps out in faith and does something God asks of him, God instantly comes back and rewards him. You as know, well. that's so good. I think that sometimes what we do is we allow our fear of the shame of failure mm-hmm. to keep us from even trying. I know. And, and for me, sometimes people who choose to live a life that is characterized as being riskless, like they're so risk averse, they won't, they will hardly get out of their house in the morning. I mean, you know, for fear of something bad happening, right? It, it could actually be that bad. But people who live that way, I think are at the same time, so, um, uh, uh, fearful of suffering shame of yeah. failure. Yes. You know, when you fail in anything in life, let me tell you, the reality is when you're going through the process, the moments right thereafter, shame does try to show up. If you are not aware of it, you might not even realize that that shame is what's driving maybe your mood swings or your your bad attitudes or your behaviors in some sort of way. Um, And it's hard to deal with shameful situations. And that's why so many times people won't risk because they don't want to fear. They don't want to risk the the failure and have to, they fear having to deal with that shame. But here's what I learned about shame is that when you have suffered any kind of loss, when you were on course on your way to fulfill the purposes of God, that shame has no place in your life. Life. That's right. When you are not purposeful and intentional and seeking after God with your whole heart, and you're just living life pursuing the things that you think that are going to make you feel good or going to be measures of your success, and they don't have anything to do with your relationship with God, and then you fail. Oh my God, it is very hard for you to fight against that feeling of shame. It's true. You know, and so what I'm saying to you folks is listen, take the risk, 
But make sure that whatever you're risking, you're doing it because you're motivated to fulfill the purposes of God for your life. And whether you succeed on every step of the way doesn't matter. What matters is that you're progressing towards that purpose because God will always lift you up. When you fall down, he will grab you and pick you back up. He will not allow you to suffer shame or loss. He will, by his spirit, cause that shameful feeling to dissipate. Mm -hmm. It's supernatural. It's, it won't even, it's like being a guard over your heart and over your mind Mm -hmm. because you'll know at the end of the day, when you put your head on that pillow and go to sleep at night, that you are on a, 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 course towards fulfill, fulfilling the purposes of God for your life. You are on a mission. That's right. And everybody who's ever been on a mission has dealt with some failure. Yeah. Well, it comes along with the, with the course. Well, what I love about this is this actually redefines the idea of failure mm-hmm. because failure for so many people um, is just this idea that like, oh, my, you know, my business plan didn't work out or this didn't work out when truth is failure real failure is actually not being faithful yeah you know because you can be faithful but it might be you might find yourself in some shady places i mean just think about paul paul was faithful yeah but yet he was a man who was continuously imprisoned Mm -hmm. but he Mm -hmm. none of us would say that he failed in his mission did his life look as luscious and wonderful as his roman life could have been absolutely um in that sense then yeah as a roman maybe he failed the 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 social construct of what it means to be faithful. That's so good. How are we defining failure, folks? Yes. That's what Kyla is asking. How are you defining failure? Because really the only way you can truly fail, like Kyla said, is to not be faithful with that which God has called you to do. So don't allow fear of failure to keep you from taking the risk to fulfill the purposes of God. Oh my God, I love it, I love it, I love it. So the last point here, Carla, as we begin to wrap this up, this whole series of generous leadership, it's connected to everything that we've talked about. All 10 attributes rest on this last one, okay? And that is that we must possess spiritual strength. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that's what it takes to be a generous leader. So what do I mean by spiritual strength? I mean being aware, cognitive, conscious, woke to the fact that you are filled with God's spirit. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. So that we trust God. And the we and we know that we possess the spiritual strength, mental fortitude, and vision to build a successful, profitable business as God's steward of an intrinsic purpose. In other words, God has given us this treasure. It's in an earthen vessel. It's the spirit of God. And it's that measure of the treasure in us. That enables us to do all the things that we've talked about, uh, all the attributes of generous leadership that we've discussed. It's the measure of the treasure of God that is in us that enables us to be about our father's business in this way. And so what I would like to say to everyone is like, you know what, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're doing, what you've been called to, don't ever forget you're not alone. 
That's right. You have a treasure. It is the spirit of God inside of us. I love it. Mm-hmm. And it enables us. It does. It's it's a partnership. It it's, is. It's, you know, being human, being a powerful leader, being being who God created you to be mm-hmm. is the action and the fluid movement of entering into that process of relationship with God and others. It's just yes. living into what God is doing in you and through you and for you. It's living mm-hmm. into that narrative. It's it's never stagnant. It's yes. never the same. Yes. It's always a new thing. And Amen. it's just it's it's good. It's good. It's <laughs> really good. And when it's you get good. in that flow, man, it is you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. So I don't know if there are listeners to our podcast, Kyla, who haven't yet come to that realization, mm-hmm. that awareness, that the spirit of God lives inside of them. But if there are listeners to our podcast and you are not sure if the spirit of God lives inside of you, I want to encourage you the way that you can be sure is just putting your faith in Jesus Christ. It's an act of faith but that enables us to receive the presence and the power of God's spirit inside of us. It's not something you do. It's not something that you have to um act out on your own. It's a gift. It's something that's given to you and it's given to you just by virtue of your faith. So that when you are um, open to receive by relationship with Christ Jesus, the fullness of God inside of you, then the spirit of God will dwell in you. So I just want to encourage you, if you haven't yet made that decision or you don't know what I'm talking about when I say that you have this treasure inside of you, then I encourage you to learn more about what it means to have faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because that's what, for us, is the beginning of this relationship that we're talking about. It's the beginning of what it takes to to be able to live in the fullness of of all that you are and you were made to be. I'm a Christian. I'm a Jesus girl. So I'm going to give you encouragement Mm -hmm. that aligns with my faith in Christ Jesus. If you're a podcast listener and you're not a Christian, then I encourage you to explore for yourself what is your connection point to Christ? But mm-hmm. what I can do, or to God, I can. What I can do is to direct you to how to connect to God through Christ Jesus. Yeah, and I love that. And like for me, I I approached God originally so practically. Mm-hmm. So I want to even speak to the practical people who have a hard time finding God. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways I think you, if you want to really stir up that relationship, yes. is go print out. All the names of God. Okay. All of them. And where would they find that? You know, like just, Google? yeah, you can Google it. All <laughs> the names of Google-able God. Everything is Googleable, people. Yeah. Go, go on, look up all the names of God, but highlight for yourself 
all the names that you think you have found yeah. that you you identify with God. Yeah. But then reflect on all the ones that you haven't encountered. Oh, like, that's good. You know, just like okay, I don't know what it means for God to be a father. Yeah. That's you know, good. go start asking God. God, I don't know what it means. Or you know, God, I don't know what it means for you to be creative. Like yes. we talked about a few podcasts ago. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe go on a stinking hike. Okay. Go encounter God who is creative and and just open yourself to say okay god where are you i mean i think one of the best things you could do is just say god where are you because god is so faithful to show up and he shows up differently for everybody so don't compare yourselves allow god to just do what he's doing Mm -hmm. and as god shows up you're going to see him manifest himself in all of these different points that we've shown but the bigger your god is the bigger um your vision is for how god can move in your life amen And folks, that's why we call this podcast Loving God and Making Money. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. So we have a God consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, I just want to wrap up this podcast and this series on generous leadership. I hope it has been thought-provoking, giving you something to noodle on, chew on, think about, uh, and digest for yourselves. Because at the end of the day, folks, like I always say, it's all about doing two things well, loving God and making money with an understanding of the purpose for our life. So having said that, Kyla and I are going to wrap this podcast up this week. Kyla, any words uh, in parting uh, before we uh, shut this down? You guys got it. I believe in you and I think the biggest thing is believe in yourself Amen. you this is not an impossible task yes. you can do it just believe yeah. in the grace of God that is in you to see change amen and go out in the marketplace like I say every week and do what you do make more save more and give more all to the glory of God until next week have a blessed day and we'll talk to you soon bye bye bye